Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's philanthropic community, where we highlight people and organizations who are doing great things and making a big impact in our community. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations at Ellen Becker Investment Group. Today we're going to share information with you about something that millions of adults and children suffer from, with more than 50,000 suffering right here in Wisconsin. Those of you who have children, you'll want to listen up because children under the age of 18 are one of the fastest growing populations most severely impacted. They say that a personal story is 22 times more effective in getting a point across compared to just sharing data. So we've invited a guest on the show today to share his personal story in an effort to allow our audience an opportunity to get a firsthand understanding of the importance of self-advocacy as well as advocacy for a cause and why supporting a foundation that you're so passionate about is so important and means so much to so many people. Welcome to the show today, Bo Belmer, speaking on behalf of the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, Wisconsin Chapter. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I'm really uh, excited to be here and spread the word on behalf of the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. Well, we're happy to have you here. Uh, we're anxious to hear about your impactful story. So can you can you start by sharing the story of your diagnosis? Sure. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. So I was diagnosed with originally ulcerative colitis at the age of 19, so I was I am 28 now. So I was uh, an extremely healthy kid. I was a pretty decent athlete. I played uh, lacrosse in college and so had had really no health issues up until that point. Following my freshman year of college, I went to the bathroom one day and started passing blood, which is not ever a fun thing for anyone to see. Um, I think, well, I know a lot of people when they start having strange bowel movement symptoms um, don't seek help right away. I in hindsight, was very fortunate in the fact that I was, you know, comfortable enough with my families and my doctors to seek help immediately and quickly or relatively quickly was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. Um, being a college athlete at that time, it, it pretty much was one of like the nails in the coffins that ended my uh, athletic career. Mm -hmm. And so just for a sense, for people to gain a sense of how impactful this can be on your daily life, it is very impactful. Um, I fought that first flare kind of on and off for about three years, which brought me to my junior year of college when I was uh, 22 years old. I ended up having a full colectomy, which means that you have your entire colon um, or large intestine there. Those are actually synonymous terms, which I think is confusing for people sometimes. But I had my entire colon removed um, as part of what's called a J-pouch surgery, which is essentially when you have your large intestine removed and your small intestine is biologically engineered to function almost as a pseudo colon. It's actually the science behind it's really amazing. And the fact that, you know, we have the technology to do this type of thing is really mm -hmm. awesome. Um, but for a three year period, another three year period following that colectomy until having the final stages of that J-PAL surgery, I also lived with an ostomy bag, um, which at that time I was between 22 and 25 years old. I was actually living in New York City. Um, I originally am from Wisconsin, but I went to school in New York and stayed in New York and did the whole Wall Street thing for a couple of years. And so I was kind of navigating that whole world while dealing with uh, being an ulcerative colitis patient 
Um, I have since been diagnosed with Crohn's disease, and I know that we'll get into that a little bit as to, well, how could it be that I, you know, spent many years of my life thinking I had one disease and ended up finding out I had a different disease. You know, we'll, of course, get into that into the show, but um, it has very, very much impacted me directly, and so I want to make it, I want to bring awareness to it for other people. Yeah, well, it obviously uh, clearly affects your busy life and your day-to-day tasks, and I assume these challenges are what prompted you to seek additional resources, right? Yeah, absolutely. So just so people can get a sense of what those challenges look like for somebody living with ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, or another irritable bowel disease, because there are a couple others, um, when you are in what's referred to as a flare, meaning you have active disease impacting your body, you are often being forced to use the restroom 10 to maybe even 20 times a day. Um, and when I say forced, I mean, you know, having bowel movements, which it's, it's not the kind of thing where you can say, oh, you know, I have to use the bathroom. I'll wait an hour till I get out of class. It's the type of thing where when I was studying in college, I had to tell every professor at the beginning of the semester, I, I will stand up and walk out of your class probably multiple times. Please ignore it. Here's what's going on. Um, and it's just very, on, on top of that, you know, you're using the bathroom many times a day. In a lot of cases, you're passing blood. You're having trouble having formed stools. Um, most people have issues sleeping. I lost about 30 pounds every time I entered into a flare and wow. diet becomes That's, an issue. Yeah. It's really, it's challenging because it's, it's a disease that you can't see with your eyes. And so the people surrounding me in a lot of cases didn't even know that I was dealing with this. And it's not something people like to talk about because it's a little bit taboo with regard to using the restroom and people don't want to talk about it and think about it. And so most people suffering from this are kind of suffering in silence. Mm. And when I look back on it now, I realize how much better my life maybe could have been had I not felt the need to do that. And so that's like a a kind of a a look in the window of what someone who's living with this is going through on a daily basis. So then how did you become involved with the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, specifically the Wisconsin chapter? Yeah, so I connected with Leslie and Mackenzie, who kind of run the show here in Wisconsin as far as managing the chapter. And I basically reached out and told them my story. And I let them know, similar to uh, what I had just said, that I finally had come to realize that the way in which I was kind of hiding living with my disease is a a lot of other people who I now know that have the disease are doing the same thing. And I can only imagine how many people there must be living with that and and not, you know, getting the support that they need when the resources are out there. And so I wanted to kind of be a voice for those people who maybe don't feel comfortable or confident in stepping up and talking about it, particularly those people who maybe have things like ostomy bags, which are really, really not well understood by the general public. Um, And, you know, I definitely struggled even beyond the disease with things like body image issues and stuff like that while I was dealing with that. And I'm a fairly confident person outside of those things. So I can't imagine how challenging it must be for somebody who's maybe not a very confident person already. And then on top of it is dealing with those types of issues. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break. But when we return, Bo is going to share how the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, Wisconsin chapter specifically, is helping the more than 50,000 Wisconsinites suffering from Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. 
Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Bo Belmer, IBS patient and representative from the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. So I understand, Bo, that you're very involved with the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. So why don't you tell us more about the foundation specifically? Yeah, sure. I'm happy to do so. So I'd love to start with kind of a more macro, large-scale um, you know, picture of who they are. So the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation is a nonprofit a nonprofit volunteer field organization, and it's dedicated to finding cures for both Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis and irritable bowel disease kind of at large. The foundation was founded back in 1967 and has played a role in essentially every major breakthrough in IBD research since, of which there have been many in the more recent years. Um, to date, on a cumulative basis, the foundation has raised over $400 million dollars um, and, and allocated that money towards finding causes, treatments, and cures for both Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, and irritable bowel disease at large. Okay, and just because you mentioned IBD research, just for, um, for everybody's sake, can you clarify the difference between IBS, which you used before, and IBD? Yeah, so I'm not a medical professional by trade, but from my knowledge as, as a patient, uh, irritable bowel syndrome is more of a generalized um, it's more of a generalized sim- syndrome that is diagnosed based off of people experiencing some symptoms where irritable bowel disease is when a disease is distinctly or acutely rather identified and a treatment plan is put into place. So there okay. are treatment plans for IBS, but it's maybe a little bit more general um, and less so targeted based on, hey, this symptom is cueing us to believe that you have this disease and vice versa. Okay. Because I... I- think I've heard IBS more often than IBD, but yeah. I think it's good to just clarify the well, difference. Well, so. one thing I would say is I can guarantee everybody listening to this knows somebody with IBS, but I bet that they also know somebody with IBD, but they probably don't know about it. Ah, okay. So it's it's fairly common, unfortunately. Okay, so you told us a little bit about Crohn's and Colitis Foundation from a national perspective. Uh, what about uh, locally? What's the what's the local presence for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation? Yeah, so the foundation has local chapters throughout the country. The Wisconsin chapter is based in Brookfield, which is not too far from where we're sitting right now. Okay, so their uh, local office for Wisconsin is in Brookfield. What about events? How do they uh, tap into the community and help them understand uh, more information about the disease and just IBD in general? Sure, so hosting events is actually one of the major ways that the foundation does connect with the public. So the Wisconsin event hosts multiple events throughout the year. A few examples examples of these are the Take Steps walks, which happen in Milwaukee, Madison, and Green Bay. Um, those are really, really well organized, really fun uh, charity walks. I've attended many of them. They're really great. I highly recommend people get involved with those. And they take place typically at the beginning of the summer with uh, for Madison and Milwaukee, rather, with Green Bay taking place in the beginning of the fall. There is another awesome event called Camp Oasis in the middle of the summer, and it's um, an educational event that usually takes place at the end of spring or early summer. And finally, the kind of premier event for the year is called it's called an autumn affair. It is a gala that takes place in the mid to late fall, typically in November, and that is more of a formal um, fundraising dinner event that also has speakers and it has silent auction. And it's kind of like the premier event to cap off the year, but all of them are really great. I've attended all of these events before and I highly recommend you check them out and do so as well. 
Okay, and you can go to the um, foundation's calendar and get the dates and more specifics on those. Uh, and, and Bo will just tell you how you could do that at the end of our segment. Um, curious about support. Does the Wisconsin chapter usually experience support from healthcare systems and or professionals for, for those events and other things in the community? It does. So there are multiple healthcare professionals and organizations that partner with the foundation. One of the most impactful being the uh, Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin. And we actually have both a doctor, a GI doctor representing Freighter of the Medical College of Wisconsin coming up next, who also happens to be my personal doctor. Um, and so we do get a lot of support from medical professionals, but we always encourage medical professionals or even aspiring medical professionals who are interested in GI or maybe they are directly impacted by GI or know somebody who's directly impacted by GI to reach out to us and you know, get in touch, attend our events. It's an awesome opportunity to both give back to the community using your medical expertise, but also to maybe learn more about the diseases and how you can be further involved through your medical expertise down the line. Okay, so that's the professionals. What about the healthcare systems? Like, do you have clinics that are involved? Um, you know, when we talk about healthcare systems, what does that look like? I mean, we know the professional side, but the doctors getting involved, and what about the healthcare systems? Sure. So there, there's a lot of support, um, and when we, when we say uh, systems, we're typically referring to like hospitals, offices, and other organizations that do support us as well. So I kind of look at them as hand to hand with the actual professionals themselves. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so I would say that although like technically separate, they really go hand in hand with one another. The medical professionals who typically are involved in the different systems that we work with. One of them, of course, being Medical College of Wisconsin in Freighter. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure if there were other things outside of the hospitals that um, that were joining you in your efforts or not. So that's why I was curious about that. Um, well, speaking of support from healthcare professionals, uh, as Bo said, we have one joining us today who's here to support Bo and to talk about what he sees as a physician who deals with these types of challenges. So sit tight, and we'll be back to find out more after our commercial break. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations. And my next guest today is Dr. Daniel Stein, an MD from Freightert and the Medical College of Wisconsin, who specializes in gastroenterology. Welcome to the show today, Dr. Stein. Uh, thanks for having me here today. It's uh, great to be here and uh, honored to be here with, uh, with Bo here today, talking about the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. What's it? We're happy to have you here. So tell our listeners a little bit about you and your career in gastroenterology. Sure. Uh, well, uh, I'm originally from Cudahy. Um, for those of you that have been there, don't hold that against me too much here. <laughs> uh, but so Milwaukee is really my hometown. Um, I uh, attended Marquette University, but then traveled to Omaha for my medical school. Did my internal medicine training, which you have to do before you get trained in gastroenterology out in Arizona. Um, and then came back to the Medical College of Wisconsin to do my uh, gastroenterology and hepatology training uh, underneath my mentor, Dr. Dave Binion, who had uh, basically founded our IBD center here at the Medical College of Wisconsin. 
um, learned from him during that time, felt a lot of uh, expertise in, in, in inflammatory bowel disease, both Crohn's disease and also colitis. Um, and right now, uh, I mean, I head up a, a group of uh, five physicians, uh, three uh, advanced practice pr- providers right now. We take care of a large number of uh, IBD patients here in the Milwaukee area. Um, very, very happy to, um, uh, you know, be able to practice the kind of medicine that I've always wanted to do ever since medical school here in my hometown. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah. I think uh, I'm very lucky, very blessed to uh, to be in this situation. So it, it's a... It's you know great waking up every morning and coming into work. That's wonderful. Yeah. Not everybody can say that. That's no. wonderful to be able to say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, to help anyone listening that has no idea what IBD or an inflammatory bowel disease is, I'd love to have you shed some light on that. So, what what is Crohn's disease specifically? So, as a whole, we're talking about inflammatory bowel disease, which is primarily two diseases that are the most common in there. Uh, the two most common one being Crohn's disease. And, and Crohn's disease is where people can get an inflammation anywhere along their GI tract, so from all the way from their lips down to their bottom. Uh, we can see ulcerations, inflammation, and this can result in patients having a wide variety of symptoms just because obviously different parts of your GI tract have different uh, different jobs to do, if you will. Your small intestine, for one, you know, has the main job of absorbing nutrients and vitamins and protein and all that kind of stuff from your diet, uh, as well as absorbing a large amount of water. So patients that have those, that affected will have a lot of large watery diarrhea, malabsorption, weight loss, like, like Bo mentioned, um, and, and that kind of thing. So, And Crohn's disease tends to be one of these diseases that is a, a progressive disease. And what do I mean by that? It means that it can get worse over time if we don't do anything about it. And typically Crohn's disease will start off as just an inflammatory condition where people will have just a little bit of inflammation in their, in their bowel, maybe some shallow ulcerations, but then it can, can go through the entire wall of the bowel. Uh, and this can lead to narrowings or what we call strictures, uh, which can then cause blockages uh, in patients' bowel. And then they can even lead to something called a fistula, which is where the Crohn's disease will cause an abnormal connection between two loops of intestine or even, uh, you know, worst case, the skin or other hollow organs within the body. Uh, and this can lead to people needing surgery. And about half of our patients will need surgery uh, within the first five years of their diagnosis and about 75% within the first 20 years of their diagnosis. And, wow. Yeah. And there's a lot of uh, intestines to to work with. I mean, there's a lot of places that the disease can hide. Yes. Yes, no? very much so. And, and you know, fortunately, uh, you know, fortunately, there's a lot of intestine there. Um, but we want to make sure that people keep as much intestine as they were born with. Uh, <laughs> you know, because they they do better uh, if they're if they stay the way God made you. You know. That's and, right. Yeah. And how much? I mean, I've heard some crazy story, you know, that if you stretch your your intestines out, it would, you know, I don't know how far it would go. But I mean, that gives you a visual that there's a lot in there, you know, (laughs) a lot in there that that can be affected, I guess. Well, given the fact that the foundation is the Crohn's and colitis foundation, I'm assuming Crohn's and colitis are two different things. The symptoms may be similar, but the areas affected are different. Um, So help us understand what then ulcerative colitis is. So ulcerative colitis, um, as the name implies, only affects the colon, which as Bo mentioned earlier, is the large intestine. Uh, so that's the lower half of the intestine. Mostly the, the large intestine, its job is, it, you know, it absorbs some water, not as much as the small intestine, but it kind of is a, 
it's kind of a storage organ, if you will, uh, and to kind of form stool. So when it's convenient for you to have a bowel movement, you can go. And when we see inflammation in that area, what happens is now people will have a lot of urgency because the, and, you know, the large intestine can't do the job it was designed to do because of all that inflammation that's in there. Um, it doesn't involve the small intestine, so we don't see as much of the weight loss as we can in milder diseases, but certainly in more severe diseases like bow experience, we can see a large amount of weight loss in that. Um, because this inflammation is in the colon, which is right close to the, the output of the bowel there, the, uh, uh, you can see a lot of blood uh, in, in this area, and that, that's usually one of the early symptoms of, of ulcerative colitis, even in more milder forms of it. Um, but ulcerative colitis is somewhat of a progressive disease, meaning that it will get worse if it goes untreated over time. Not quite to the same degree that Crohn's disease doesn't appear to be quite as aggressive in most patients, that is, uh, to the times where it will progress all the way to surgery like it was in Bo's case. Um, we see about 10% of our newly diagnosed ulcerative colitis will, will lose their colon kind of in that first year, even despite medical therapy, because they'll have very aggressive disease. Um, but most people can hang on, you know, manage their colon with medications o- over their lifetime. Okay. Okay. So, so give us kind of like some easy to remember differences between Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. Well, uh, ul- well once again, ulcerative colitis only affects the colon. Um, okay. So whenever you see somebody with small intestinal or small bowel uh, inflammation uh, throughout there, then you're dealing much more with, with Crohn's disease. If you see people that develop strictures, the narrowing or those fistulas that I mentioned about, that's more likely that that's Crohn's disease and not ulcerative colitis. And can someone be diagnosed and then grow out of it? I mean, it's at the beginning we said that there's a large number of young kids that are being diagnosed mm-hmm. with it. Can someone change their diet and fix it, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word? I mean, can, can you grow out of it? Um, well, I guess growing out of it isn't quite the term I would use, but there, there's a big variety uh, in the way patients' Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis will behave. You know, the, the stats I mentioned earlier with Crohn's disease in terms of, you know, at least 75% of the patients needing surgery over their lifetime, uh, but that's not everybody. That's not 100%, right? That means that 20, 25% won't need surgery. Um, the disease can wax and wane over time even without intervention in it um, for reasons we don't fully understand, but we do know that most people need appropriate therapy in order to control their disease. Um, coming back to diet, uh, diet is something we don't understand real well. Um, there was one good study done by the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation actually compared two diets. One was the simple carbohydrate diet versus the Mediterranean diet. And actually, when you look at the study, all the patients in the trial got better. Well, not maybe not all, but most of the patients got better during the trial. And it turns out that when you eat a healthy diet, um, like a Mediterranean style diet and a simple carbohydrate diet, it's kind of similar, but it, it, it's a little more tricky to follow uh, if people want to look it up. Um, you know, it just turns out people do better. And it, it turns out that that's, that's probably the reason why Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis is very much a disease of the Western society where people that eat a high-protein, high-fat type diet are more likely to get ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease. It doesn't look that, like avoiding that reverses this disease, unfortunately. I wish that it okay. did. Okay. Um, but we don't have that diet that reverses it like we do, like say, with something like celiac disease. Okay. I, that was what I was curious about. So you could be diagnosed with it, mm-hmm. 
once you're diagnosed with it, you pretty much have it. It's just managing it's the a It's a disease that we control, yeah. but we don't cure yet, is okay. what I like to say. Okay. Just to add as well, you know, I know Dr. Stein, being a medical professional, has to be a little bit more careful with anecdotal evidence than I do being a self-employed patient. But <laughs> anecdotally, it, the array of people's experiences is very, very wide. I know people who have had a diagnosis, they find a medication that's pretty... Um, low with regard to side effects and like other impacts on their life who will go 20 years without having another flare-up. On the flip side of that, I know people who have their first flare-up and within a year, like Dr. Stein had said, they're already undergoing surgery and Mm -hmm. even after surgery, they're uh, continuing medical treatment, which even myself, I'm still today experimenting with medical treatments. And I wanted to touch on too your question with regard to the differences between the two diseases and maybe like how do we tell the difference? Part of it is a little bit of trial and error. Um, like in my case, up until very recently, basically the first almost eight or nine years of my disease, we, we meaning myself and, and the medical professionals I was working with, believed that I had ulcerative colitis until I started experiencing symptoms that you would only experience if you had Crohn's disease. Okay. And there wasn't really a definitive way to take you know one test and say, this is the Crohn's test, this is the colitis test. And so I would definitely urge anybody to seek medical help on people who really focus on IBD specifically. Okay. Well, that's all good stuff. I mean, given the many stats that are out there, there's clearly many things that listeners should know, right? But speaking in general terms, what would you say, Dr. Stein, are some of the key points to mention? Um, you know, I think when it comes to Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis, you know, the key points is, you know, especially when you're speaking, you, you develop some of the symptoms that Bo and I have both talked about here today. You know, I think it's speak with, you know, your primary care provis- you know, provider to start with uh, and then work with them to decide if, you know, seeing a gastroenterologist is, is the right thing to do. Because those are the first early steps for people that are n- newly diagnosed. And it's certainly probably even more important for people that may have a family history of ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease. That makes you slightly more likely to develop these diseases um, in, in that regard. So, and, you know, this is something that I know that, you know, people don't like to talk about, you know, even myself as a gastroenterologist and Bo as a patient who's talked about this with, you know, people on his podcast, you know, openly, um, he, uh, it's still difficult to talk about in, in, in an open public setting. Mm. Well, the, the first step, I think, is just recognizing that you need help and then reaching out to get that help, right? Yeah, I mean, you, that's, that's the first step. Um, this is all very interesting stuff and extremely valuable for people that might be experiencing some symptoms or know of someone who is. Uh, It's so important to have people in the medical community supporting you and the cause. When we come back for our final segment, we're going to hear from Dr. Stein on all the wonderful things that Freydert and the Medical College of Wisconsin are up to in the field of gastroenterology. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations, and I'm talking in our last segment with Dr. Daniel Stein, and actually Bo Belmer is is still with us. Um, Dr. Stein is a gastroenterology specialist from Freydert and the Medical College of Wisconsin. So, Dr. Stein, tell us a little bit more about Freydert and the Medical College of Wisconsin's gastroenterology department and some of the things 
things that you're specifically focusing on? Um, so within within our uh, department and and you know within my group of our of our inflammatory bowel disease program, um, you know we're we're focusing on you know really managing patients with ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease, uh, making sure they get the proper therapy, uh, make sure we're tailoring the therapy for their specific disease. You know we've you know bore out earlier that you know everybody's disease is way different, uh, and so you have to have a different approach for everybody. You know, we have we have guidelines for how to treat Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis, but those are really just kind of templates. Those are not a one size fit all for all patients, and everybody has different complications going. You know, some patients may have other autoimmune diseases that go along with this, such as say psoriasis or or arthritis type symptoms that may also show along. So then we have to work closely with our dermatology colleagues as well as our rheumatologic colleagues all the time uh, to make sure we're getting that treatment right for for our patients and. We have uh, a number of other um, uh, support staff in terms of uh, we have we have a, a number of our nurses that are especially trained in uh, how to help triage our uh, IBD patients through a flare when they do call in with problems. Uh, we have a registered dietitian, um, actually two of them now that help manage our patients. Uh, not only that have had you know so many surgeries that they now need to follow specialized diets. Um, as well as patients just trying to put back on weight after a serious flare or after a serious surgery. Uh, we also have, you know, we have a pharmacist specifically de- dedicated as well as a, a pharmacy prior authorization team that help navigate that, you know, getting the medication that's right, minimizing those drug-drug interactions that our patients may be experiencing um, with, with that. So it's, you know, and, and training our patients on how to use some of our, our biologic medications require certain kind of injections and that kind of stuff too, which requires training for our patients because they, they, they may, some of them may have never done that before. Okay. Uh, and don't you have some specific initiatives too that you're working on? Uh, well, we, we have a number of things in terms of where we're trying to engage with the community. You know, well, first of all, I mean, our, our group is very in, involved with the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. We have our, what we, we have our Gut Busters team. We participate in the Take Steps Walk every year. Two of my uh, great nurses lead that lead our team up there with our our fundraising efforts and we kind of everybody brings their brings their family out to the event it's kind of a little bit of a uh, you know kind of a festival like atmosphere out there um which i would encourage everybody to go to uh we also you know we take our mission uh, very importantly especially at the medical college you know one of the goals is for community engagement and community involvement and we've seen our role as as kind of educating providers as well as patients every year about Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. So, you know, through things like this, but also we have an annual event, our our, uh, patient and provider uh, IBD update, we call it. Uh, Usually April or May in the spring, we have our update where we we talk, we invite both patients as well as healthcare providers uh, to the event. And we try to speak to both at the same time. This way, you know, our patients can see what our doctors are learning. Our doctors can also find out the kind of questions our patients are, are want, have about their diseases. So that's part of our outreach to the community. Okay. And we love to talk about that because yeah. we're, we're heavily involved in community outreach as mm-hmm. well. Um, for any of our freighter healthcare professionals that are tuning in, how can they become involved with these efforts. And for our non-freighted healthcare professionals, what do you recommend they do with their healthcare systems? Well, this is where I like to point out how quickly evolving the management of uh, IBD patients have. Um, you know, 
in, in the, just to give you an example, in the last five years for Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis, we've had four new medications uh, that now have been FDA approved for, for treating our patients. And we've got three unique mechanisms of actions, meaning that the, the medications work by different pathways through the immune system to kind of, you know, to try and treat this autoimmune uh, condition here to get it under better control. These, each one of these have, you know, specific ways in which they should be used and, and novel and kind of unique ways in which different patient populations should be treated with different medications. So I, I, for that reason, I think you really should seek out physicians, gastroenterologists that really seek out a subspecialty in managing Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. I, I would encourage providers, you know, gastroenterologists, primary care doctors to refer to a, a specialist such as myself or, or my colleagues here at Freighter in the Medical College of Wisconsin who really have an interest in inflammatory bowel disease and are seeing these patients in our clinic every day. Uh, multiple times a day, um, just to get another set of eyes on there and really kind of see some of this. You know, there are, as Bo mentioned, there are some patients that get on their first medication, they do great, and they do great for a long time. There are other patients that get on that first medication, they do poorly, second medication, do poorly, and again and again and again. And helping patients try to get that right as early on in the disease is how we're going to avoid those surgeries that I mentioned earlier earlier in the program. Okay, so seek out a specialist in those areas. Are you? Can you go out on the line here, Dr. Stein, and, and give us some contact information if somebody's listening and they say, uh, you know, I like what Dr. Stein is talking about. Uh, mm. I want to get some more information from him or possibly see him, reach out to him. Can people do that? And if so, how would they do that? Uh, sure, it's easy enough. You know, you go to freighter.com. Uh, you can see on our, our webpage right there, um, there's a there's a new patient uh, phone call line where if you want to self-referral yourself or your or your provider wants to refer you for you in, you can uh, on the webpage there it's uh, 414-777-7700, uh, which is the kind of the main contact number for all new patients to Freighter Hospital. So it looks like there's even a you know, form you can fill out online if you if you'd prefer to go that way. Okay, so. If you're listening and, and you want to reach out to Dr. Stein, just uh, do what he just said. Maybe you should just give us that number one more time. <laughs> <laughs> sure. It's lots of sevens. Uh, so it's, it's uh, area code 414-777 and then 7700 is the, is the phone number there. And that will get you kind of into the, you know, the new, new, new patient uh, portal there. Okay. And they can uh, request Dr. Daniel Stein? Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, listeners, he, he put himself out there. So, if you want to tap into that uh, that wealth of knowledge, uh, do so. Uh, we're going to end out our our uh, last segment here with giving Bo an opportunity to speak some last words here. Bo, what would you want our audience to take away from what you shared with us today? Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway is that these are diseases that somebody you know and love is probably being impacted by and you may or may not know about it because of the nature of the disease. So for those listening who maybe do know somebody struggling with an irritable bowel disease or suspect that somebody might be, honestly ask them about it and, and show an interest in supporting them for somebody who is struggling with one of these diseases. First and foremost, get the professional help that you need and also just know that the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation is here behind you to support you. Uh, this is a very lonely disease from the sense that nobody can see that you're dealing with it. 
and when you're literally physically dealing with it, it's in the bathroom. So presumably you're alone all the time. I would I would think I know I am. Uh, but you are not alone in the sense that there are literally millions of other people who are also experiencing this. And so I would urge you or I will urge you to visit Crohn'sColitisFoundation.org and specifically seek out the Wisconsin chapter page where you can find information on all of the events and other ways to support um, or rather get, in, get involved with the chapter, which will in turn support you. You can also reach out to the Wisconsin chapter by phone. Uh, the phone number for that is 414 414- Four seven five 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 two zero. I'll say it one more time: four one four four seven five 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 two zero. And the team over there um, is is absolutely fantastic. And so I cannot encourage you enough to get in touch and get involved. Okay. Well, and I've been on the website. They've got some healthy gut recipes too that I think are really interesting. I check some of those out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a really good resource, and we're all about sharing resources here. So, go to uh, Crohn's and Colitis Foundation dot org for some great information. So I want to thank my guest today, Bo Belmer, representing the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, and Dr. Daniel Stein, MD at Freydert in the Medical College of Wisconsin, specializing in the area of gastroenterology. I appreciate you both sharing your insight and your knowledge today so we can all be better prepared and or share the information with a friend or a loved one. So thank you for joining us today. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today, you can reach out directly to the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, as Bo mentioned, and you can also reach out directly to Dr. Stein, as he shared contact information before. And if you know of another great organization that does great work in our community that you think would be a great guest for our show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com, or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. So tune in next Sunday morning at 10 to Milwaukee's philanthropic community to learn more about the ways people and organizations are contributing to making an impact in our community. You can tune in to News Talk 1130 on your radio, or you can go to Newstalk1130.com on your computer, or you can listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. I encourage you to visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows, or you can listen on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. Our guests have shared today lots of really great information, as well as ways that they personally are making a difference in our community. I challenge you to think about how you can do the same, whether that's by donating, volunteering, or advocating for an organization that speaks to your heart. Take some time to find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Thanks for listening today, and have a great day.